Welcome to the Anchor Daily. My name is Nancy O'Brien, and we're reading through the book of Daniel. Chapter 3 opens with King Nebuchadnezzar making a golden statue of himself 90 feet high. For reference, the federal building in Richland is 96 feet high. So yeah, this guy has built himself an impressive statue, and he's proud of it. So proud that he calls all of his underlings to gather around and be awed by this amazing work. And to be fair, that really is an amazing feat of workmanship. Even today, building something that tall is impressive, and even more so in Nebuchadnezzar's day. But here's the thing that just boggles my mind. Nebuchadnezzar calls all of these people together, and he doesn't say worship me or worship the amazing craftsman who built this thing. No, he says worship this thing that I have built. And yes, in the process, worship me, but the object of your adoration should be this thing. And now we come to our heroes, the people we all hope we would be in this situation, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three guys are young Jewish nobles who had been captured and brought from Jerusalem. The king had given them some authority and power in his kingdom, and they and Daniel had proven themselves useful and wise. But they were also faithful to God and refused to worship Nebuchadnezzar's golden idol. And this refusal did not go unnoticed by those jealous of our heroes. And their enemies went straight to the king and reported them. And much like you would expect from a man that builds a 90-foot statue of himself, the king did not like people defying him. So he orders Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be brought to him. And he asked them, Is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the golden statue that I have set up? And he goes on to ask, Who is the God who can rescue from my power? And so here is the moment that we all hope to never face. Do I love God more than I love my life? Do I trust God more than I trust myself? For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the answer was yes. So they respond to the king in a way that we all hope we would. In verses 16 through 18, they say, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden statue you set up. I love this so much, and it's so simple. And I've read this passage many times, but I've always focused on the part, but even, though he, but even if he does not rescue us. But the part that caught my attention this time was, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. I never really noticed that before, but it strikes me as significant. Because it kind of seems like they really do need to give an answer. I mean, their lives are on the line here. It seems like a good sermon on the power and wonder of God could go a long way in this moment. But that's not what happens. They simply state that they serve God and will continue to do so regardless. In the same way, we don't need to respond to the world when it demands that we justify our beliefs or our actions when they align with God's commands. We simply need to live out God's commands and let God respond for us. When we try to justify God, we make God seem smaller, small enough to be captured by our words and thoughts. But when we we simply declare the commands and promises of God and then get out of the way, God will do amazing things because God is God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego simply say, we serve God and we will do what he has commanded us to do. And God will do what God will do. And God does exactly that. He takes care of himself. Nebuchadnezzar gets so angry at their response that he orders the furnace to be way overheated. Several men die just opening the furnace to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in. But then what happens? God shows up. 
The king sees a fourth man in the fire who looks like, quote, a son of the gods. I don't know exactly what that means, but it clearly looks like something more than a body burning in a fire. It makes a startling impression on the king, and he immediately rescinds his command and has the three pulled from the furnace. And credit to Nebuchadnezzar here. In this moment, he knows he screwed up, and he acknowledges the power and presence of a God he does not know. We'll see in the next chapter that this knowledge, unfortunately, does not cause a permanent change in the king, but he does make a proclamation that the people around the kingdom would hear, and then they would also know that there is a God above their king and that there is no other God like him. God does not need us out here planning his defense. He needs us living out his commands. God can and will defend himself. We just need to be his exhibits, not his attorney. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, whenever we are asked who can rescue you, let our answer always be the God we serve. Protect our hearts from the fear of this world and its condemnation, and give us the courage not to attack those who attack you, but rather to continue to say, our God can rescue us, and if he doesn't, either way, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to check out more podcasts just like this, you can go to Bethel.ch and you'll find amazing selections of podcasts and much more. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can email us with podcasts at Bethel.ch. See you next time.